Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear streaming in HD fine-tuned above your ears, and standing Paul lays down the law. But you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor? It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proving concepts to start enterprising. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Huh, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchise. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, July 11th. Yep, it's 7 11, lucky day. Of course, we have Friday the 13th coming up, but we'll worry about that two days from now. I'm reporting live, of course, from the Woodlands, Texas, where we're combating our springtime or summertime, I guess, you know, storms. We've got our co-host, Stan Friedman, live from Hotlanta. Stan, how are you today? In Hotlanta, it is, Paul. Doing great. No storms, but... You know, the humidity and the temperature are rivaling each other, both hovering at about the 96-point mark. So it's summertime, and Hotlanta is living up to its name. Yep, absolutely. You know, Stan, I want to start off today with something that happened on this date, 7-11-2015, at 9.45 a.m., as I read read today in my memories on Facebook, and I wrote, If you've read Stan Friedman's updated LinkedIn profile, you'll have read some very exciting news. It states, Stan Friedman is the co-host of Franchise Today, a podcast created by Paul Segreto dedicated to communicating best practices and information that will lead to sustainable growth through sensible franchising. To which I wrote, yes, I'm super excited to team up with not only a true industry leader, but a great friend as well. Stan, I always thank you for kind of rejuvenating my interest in franchise today because at that point I was at the six-year mark. We're now at nine years. And, you know, like, like a lot of things, you kind of just lose a little bit of passion, a little bit of focus. And um, you got me back where we need to be. And, of course, the show has, has blossomed since. And, and, again, I want to thank you. Are you telling me that it was three years ago today that we rolled the dice on Seven Eleven? Come on. Well, it was three years ago today that you announced wow. it, and then uh, I think well, we um, I think we went on the air about six weeks later. But I would have never associated Seven Eleven with rolling the dice on that ball. It's a great thing we did. I'm glad we did it. <laughs> it's been three yep, past years. Absolutely. I can't even believe it's that long already. 
Isn't it hard to believe? I mean, it is absolutely amazing. You know, I mean, it, it seems like so long ago that we were last on the, on the air because we weren't on the air celebrating Independence Day last week. But it seems like so long ago, and yet we're looking back at three years, and it seems like just yesterday. So speaking of last week and Independence Day, Paul, it's only appropriate that I share here today that our good friend Eric Badlands Booker um, wasn't with us either last week on Independence Day, but he was in Coney Island, and he was at Nathan's, and he did come in 20th. He placed in the top 20 in the competitive eating competitions at Nathan's Famous in Coney Island, where Joey Chestnut broke his own record for a change and knocked back 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Now, I just don't – that's a visual that I don't even want to get my eyes around, but that's what happened one week ago today, Paul. Not franchise-related, but – it's Badlands Booker related, so I thought I'd bring it around. Yeah, wow. 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Um, I can't even, can't even fathom it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Eric sang our jingle before he ate the dogs. But, hey, Paul, in the front of the house today, I just want to bring a couple of things up before we, uh, we bring Solomon on, our guest today. Um, I want to thank Jen Campbell from Hot Dish Advertising, president and one of the co-founders of Hot Dish, for coming to Atlanta yesterday for our combined Southeast Franchise Forum and IFA-FBN summer meeting. And, you know, the month of July for those meetings is always, speaking of a roll of the dice, you don't know what you're going to get in July because so many people are on vacation and traveling and busy with other things. But um, Jen packed the house. We had about 80-plus people in attendance for yesterday's program and she did a great job delivering a, a program on digital marketing, and the audience certainly appreciates it, as did I. It was my pleasure yesterday to play Master of Ceremonies as um, Trey Doster, who was supposed to have filled that role, couldn't make it, and he comes down from Athens, and uh, he had a conflict and couldn't be here. And, of course, our chairperson, um, Clarissa Bradstock from Any Lab Test, now is out of the country, so... It, it came down to me, and I had a good time hosting, but literally I want to thank Jen so, so much for delivering a cogent message and a message of interest because we had 80-plus people there to hear her. Also wanted to throw a, a shout-out, as I learned yesterday uh, from Charles Watson from over at Tropical Smoothie. Uh, CEO Mike Rotundo has left Tropical Smoothie and has become the CEO of Edible Arrangements. Charles Watson, who's been running development for Tropical Smoothie for years, fills the seat as interim CEO for the time being, and may actually wind up winning that position. I, all the best to Charles and all the best to Tropical Smoothie, our good friends here in Atlanta. Also wanted to give kudos to um, another great friend of ours, Paul, and that's Gordon Logan, CEO of Sport Clips, who's adorning the cover of Franchise World this month. And also, a great article appeared in the... Uh, in the Austin Business Journal, which featured Gordon and son Edward Logan, who's the president of Sport Clips, and it's a great article on succession planning and how it's a good idea to take your time when, uh, when you're thinking about transitions and not rushing, uh, just bringing someone up because he's your son. So they talk in that article about how after college, Edward went on to uh, Deloitte and you know, had a couple outside the family jobs before assuming the title of president at Sport Clips and being further groomed to fill the CEO seat someday when Gordon decides to hang up the hat. 
which I hope is no time soon, but I mean, um, Edward will certainly uh, be the heir apparent, but uh, we love seeing Gordon around the world as we travel for franchising throughout the year, so I'm in no hurry to see Gordon ride off into the sunset, but great article, great seeing his picture on the cover of Franchising World, and of course, as well in the Austin Business Journal this week. And that's all I had in the front of the house, Paul, because I'm kind of trying to wind down a little bit for the dog days of summer. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to take a a little break here in a a couple of weeks, just three or four days. Just got to unplug. It's been uh, way too long. You know, you know, with respect to Gordon, I think we could, you know, wish Gordon uh, all the best and kudos to him. Probably every show. The man that does uh, just t- tremendous things and continues to do some tremendous things. And I'm glad you said uh, heir apparent as opposed to hair apparent, which would have been, <laughs> uh, no pun intended. <laughs> anyway, and also with respect to uh, yesterday's event in Atlanta, I'm glad to see that there were at least 80 people in franchising working yesterday because I got to tell you, last week, I don't know if there was 80 people in franchising working. It was like a morgue out there, and uh, but you know, such as being with a uh, um, a holiday right uh, midweek. I read an interesting article uh, at the end of last week that 73% of non-consumer facing employees, workers, um, meaning you know corporate staffs and what have you, 73% did not work Thursday and or Friday. Uh, of last week, just phenomenal. And, I, and the week before, that that Friday before TSA announced, it was the single busiest air travel day ever. I got to tell you, I had the I had I think the busiest Thursday and Friday last week, and literally, I I found people available for conversations and working. So I know that there were a great many more at the airports and and on the road and making a, a stretch out of a midweek holiday. But, uh, you know, I was one of those that was sitting at the desk here and happy I was because I got a lot done. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, you talk a lot of, to a lot of people that are high up the ladder. They're probably going to be more prone to work. Anyway, <laughs> that being said, um, you know, today it's, it, it, we have a, an, an exciting show. Um, we titled it What's Clean and Green with X's and O's, and X's and O's meaning, you know, um, love and kisses, as I read a lot uh, about this uh, organization. And uh, our guest is uh, Salman Mishan, and he was quoted as saying, we didn't go green because Al Gore started talking about it. We started before <laughs> he was even talking about it. We didn't hop on the bandwagon. We are the bandwagon. Salman, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to be here. And, uh, yes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we are very concerned about our environment, and uh, that's one of the big reasons, that we're, as we'll talk to out today, uh, OXO, which is Hugs and Kisses, came to be. Well, that sounds good. So before we get there, as we always ask our guests, you know, we don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think we're going to get involved in, in franchising. Franchising usually finds us one way, shape, fashion, or form. So take us back as far as you would like and bring us up to date. You know, how did 
franchising pop on the scene, but more importantly for this, you know, take us back and, and, and lead us up to that step into franchising? Well, uh, actually, I I am originally from uh, Colombia, uh, South America. I studied here in the U.S. I did high school and uh, I went to college in the U.S. And then I went to live in Venezuela rather than Colombia. Uh, I come from an industrial family in Colombia. My family is in the tech. Uh, my father was in the textile industry. Um, all the way from spinning yarn to making the materials to weaving the materials and uh, then uh, manufacturing the garments and even going all the way to selling the garments in in uh, in Colombia and in Venezuela. Uh, my uh, my father was a workaholic. He teach, taught me to be one as well. Since I was eight years old, I would go to the textile plant and tie knots in the in the yarn when they were being turned into into uh uh the the, the spinning uh material to be put into the into the dyes to get a different color so I, since i was a little kid i started working once i once i graduated i had the opportunity to move to venezuela and i worked in a, a development uh construction development which afterwards i started working with my father in his plant in Venezuela uh, in the textiles. So I have a very good background in textiles. Uh, lived there for a few years. Then I worked in a plastics company. We manufactured uh, plastics uh, for saran wrap type. It was called Envoplast, or it is called Envoplast down there. Uh, we made uh, materials for we make materials for the automotive industry. We make materials for the pharmaceutical industry, which is the uh, plastic, which is rigid, uh, where they where they put the blister packaging for the pills, and uh, we make formica for the construction industry. Uh, one thing that's and basically the reason I'm telling you this is my background is that uh, back then in the 80s when I was working in in Venezuela. We were the first company in 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 uh, the uh, laminate business, which is the Formica business, where we had an incinerator to incinerate the, the the chemicals that we were not using, rather than throw it into the garbage or into the rivers or whatever. So we've had I've had a uh, a conscientious uh, hippie type thing from my 60s days <laughs> to be green and to care about the environment. Uh, that was that was a very big investment we did, which was not necessary, which was not uh, obligated by law or anything like that, but I, I, I did convince my board to make the investment, and I think we did the right thing because we, we had a lot of chemicals to to get rid of, and we, what we did was incinerate them, and so we weren't, we weren't causing any contamination to the, to the rivers in, in down there in Venezuela. Additionally to that, uh, we in the 80s also we had the uh, since we were uh, suppliers to the automotive industry and to the pharmaceutical industry. I don't know if uh, you remember that there was that uh, Kaisen, the Japanese ISO 9000, which was a method for quality control and deficiency that was re- required for all uh, suppliers to the uh, automotive industry right. and and to the pharmaceutical 
So we, I, as president of these companies, converted three plants into this system, into this method. Uh, again, the reason I mention this is because all this goes into my franchising days of today. Uh, back in the in the year 2000, I brought my family to the U.S. Venezuela became a little bit dangerous. Uh, I don't know if you know the situation in Venezuela, but we have the that dictatorship. Yes, but it yeah. started with Chavez mm-hmm. back then, and sure. unfortunately, c- coming from Colombia, where I had lived uh, uh, with the, the with the uh, guerrillas back there, and I moved to Venezuela, I said I'm not going to have my family live in in this situation, which, as a matter of fact, the country has deteriorated ter- tremendously. So when I got to the States, I was looking around uh, and uh, something that when you're too busy working in South America, you really don't do is take things to the cleaners. Here I in the U.S., I, I really had some free time. So what I did was I would be the guy that would go to the market. I became the, the stay-home <laughs> pop and mom. So I, when I got to the cleaners, I, 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 I got to, to the cleaners here and uh, and I saw how in the past or how re- retrograde the 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 cleaners are in the US uh they still work with the big steam presses that work off of an industrial steam boiler i i i know those presses because we use those presses in our garment uh, in our garment uh, sector of our company where we wanted pleats in shirts and that those pleats stay there forever or pleats in the pants so that they, when you buy them, they, they have those pleats. And they're, they're, those are, that's equipment that was being used here, uh, the steam pipes all over the place, the, the sweatshop. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been into a traditional dry cleaner. That's basically what you see. And then right. you, had this, you have that stench of that perchlorethylene, which is really cancerous, contaminating and that's why you have those stores with no air conditioning and you have the stores with the big open doors uh, so that the, the the air ventilates and the people that work in those stores are really uh, looking for health hazards because <laughs> it is a health hazard back back uh, then I so I uh, in, in in Venezuela in Europe there they were already uh, working with hand ironing industrial of course so it could be efficient and um and there was things that i thought this industry can be modernized and there is a great potential in this industry which i fortunately i saw and i, I said i'm going to take advantage of this of this opportunity and so that's when i de- i got my team of people that I worked with uh, in Venezuela with the industrial parts. Some were also coming to the U.S. for the same reason that I did. We got together and we saw the opportunity to uh, come up with the with the concept of the, the the new dry cleaning, which is what we call the OXO, the care cleaning. And the reason that we called it care cleaning rather than dry cleaning is because we wanted to build an industry where caring for many things was going to be the main uh, reason for the industry. And 
when I say we were caring, we were caring about the environment, which was our first concern. We would be caring about the people that worked in the in the uh, plants, in the dry cleaning plants. Again, so they wouldn't have to be in the sweatshops, so they wouldn't have to be uh, breathing that perchlorethylene. Uh, we, we, since we were looking for green at, in those days, we were the first ones to find a company called Green Earth. They were also just getting started. Green Earth is a silicone-based product. In other words, it's liquid sand. And in those days, there was some other uh, alternatives that they called themselves green, but they were still organic. When I say organic, it means it still comes from petroleum or it comes from uh, from some chemical. This is liquid sand. And so I went with Green Earth. I talked to the Green Earth people. And uh, actually, uh, all the OXO cleaners are Green Earth. Uh, so anybody that takes clean to things to the cleaners at OXO, they know that they're not going to have, they, they're working with non-toxic uh, solvents that and the people that work with us are in an air-conditioned space because not only did we go green with the products that we use, we also went green with the equipment that we use. We don't work off a, a big industrial steam boiler and that we don't have all these steam pipes and diesel fuels coming in to, to feed the, the, the boiler like these traditional plants still do or sure. all the other. Right? I think OXO is the only one that works only with independent equipment. It's also energy saving because with uh, the steam boiler, if you want to turn on any one machine in the traditional dry cleaner, you need to turn on the steam boiler, feed all the pipes and get the steam to where it's going, but it has to go everywhere because you can't just direct it to one. So with us, right. each so equipment kinda, is- Kind of priming the pump. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. With us, each equipment is independent. So you want to turn on an ironing table, you just turn that machine on, and that's it. Uh, the advantage so it, is it, there. It's interesting. Yes, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, I can tell, you know, just from this story, you know, the, the true entrepreneurship uh, in your blood to disrupt uh, basically an, an industry segment that, as I read in, a, uh, in an interview that you had on ideamensch.com, uh, uh, about how the um, the dry cleaning industry uh, in the U.S. was, you know, twenty something years uh, behind 50. the times, <laughs> fifty years behind the times. Um, another interesting quote that came out of that uh, article was, "As simple as it sounds, work is something extremely habitual for me. I come to work every day. I like my job. Work is not a chore for me. It's an in- integral part of my life." So I imagine. At that time when you were, as you said, the the, the house dad, so to speak, um, that probably had to be a little bit uh, trying for you, uh, as it is for many uh, entrepreneurs. But before we we go on, and I know Stan has some questions uh, as we talk about, you know, the business model and the uh, advantage from a consumer standpoint, uh, I was remiss in not uh, sharing with our audience, you know, your title and and the name of your company. And so um, I just like everybody know that, that Solomon Michon is the president and founder of OXO Care Cleaners. That's O X X O Care Cleaners, which of course was our play on loves and love and kisses, um, as we know our, our, our X's and O's. Stan, 
Yo, Paul, thank you. And Solomon, I'm really excited to have you on because you're not just an entrepreneur who has taken and scaled the business to the degree that you've got gotten, but I understand that, you know, we're dealing here with a nine billion dollar industry that has many different players that have carved out many different niches in dry cleaning, but I don't think I've ever been confronted with as much as I've seen and read about OXO when it comes to innovation, and not just the green side of innovation, but 24-7 access to your clothes. Um, Talk a little bit about the technology side and how consumers find in OXO something that is unparalleled any place they've ever brought their clothes before. Well, yes. Again, uh, when when I looked into when I looked into get, getting into the dry uh, cleaning business, uh, I said to myself, "Yes, uh, going green is is a great is great, but uh, that's going to happen very soon with a lot of people because that's not, that's not very uh, let's call it." Uh, um, Trying to find the right word. Uh, innovative, innovative. No, innovative uh, or uh, uh, trade, trade secret or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. there's gonna, there was a lot of people coming out. Green Earth w- w- was actually gonna be a product that was gonna be sold all over the place. As a matter of fact, when people in Florida started seeing my company with the with Oxo with the Green Earth, they started selling Green Earth in Florida, which was part of their business, and and they do it, and that and it's great because. We want. I want the earth to be clean, so I, I'd rather have everybody be with green earth than the other, other products that are used. But addition, so I said, additionally to that, I have to give my consumer something better. So I get, I'm giving them the quality with the hand ironing, which is the 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 the, the, the pleats are not permanent. We don't burn the clothes. We don't burn the buttons with these big presses. Our shirts, instead of being done on these mannequins where these two big metal plates come up, we blow dry them with steam, air and steam. So, they, they again, you don't burn the material. Material lasts a lot longer. So we're giving quality. That, that was another important thing that we did. But then I said, the U.S. people love things 24 hours a day. And, and it, it reminded me of... Uh, I was watching Sex in the City when one of the girls says, in New York you can get anything 24 hours a day except dry cleaning. Well, she'd never been to OXO. <laughs> That's when uh, we looked into finding a exactly an ATM-type door. It's connected to our main conveyor, and people can pick up their clothes 24 hours a day. They get In those days, I'm talking almost 20 years now, uh, we gave them a, like a debit card, and they would just come in with the debit card. All their information was on it, put it into the machine, and the machine would pull out their clothes, and they could go home with them any time of day. And that was fantastic because it, it's great for the for the customer because the customer has the, the advantage of going to dinner, going to the movie, and not having to run to the dry cleaners because it's gonna because it closes because normally the dry cleaners work from uh, seven to seven so if you, or seven to six so if you're not there you, you, you can't you, you so more normally what most people do is that they go seven days a week uh, one once every seven days a week and or they go every fifteen days. So what happens is that they have to have a lot more clothes than they really need because the clothes are sitting in the dry cleaners because they don't have time to go pick it up. So that's a great advantage for the 
for the customers. We have a lot of customers that are very happy because they say, oh, I can wear the suit today, and then I can wear it again at the end of the week because I, after three days I can go pick it up. And, and after I went to dinner, went to the movie, they just pick up their clothes. So that, that was great. But it, it's not only great for the, for, the, for the customer, it's also great for the franchisee because since people pick up their clothes so often, the turnover is three days. So the size of the conveyors, if you go into these traditional dry cleaners, you see these huge conveyors and they're full of clothes and it takes up half of the store and they're paying rent for half of the store. And uh, at the end of the day, they're not getting paid for the storing the clothes for all that time. So it's, it's time and it's money for the franchisee or for the owner of the business. So if they have the 24-hour door, the, the clothes come out, leave sooner. So it's less rent, less space. And we automated things also to where when the person drops off their clothes, it gets, it gets barcoded. And we can follow the clothes all throughout the throughout the process, but when when it comes off uh, the the ironing, let's say the the finishing, the either the ironing or it comes off the, the shirt mannequin and it goes, we we put it through what we call an assembly conveyor, which actually automatically assembles the clothes. If 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 Paul came in with four pieces, when your four pieces are ready, it automatically separates them. So what does that do? It requires less space because you don't have people with a lot of racks racking the clothes. It, it, it avoids mistakes, human error of somebody putting somebody else's clothes. And, it, and also there's less, there's less uh, uh, handling of the clothing. So the shirts or the pants won't fall off the hanger and you have to hang it back up. Uh, so it, once the, the disassembly conveyor separates the clothes, it gets bagged. And it goes automatically to to the main conveyor, and so it's less handling, less mistakes, less space, less people. So there's a big savings there because in the dry cleaning industry, your your main expenses are rent. So you have less rent because you have less space to be used, less labor uh, because you don't have these the, the two or three persons that need to be sorting clothes, and less mistakes. So that, that part of technology, along with the 24-hour door, is something that, that has been fantastic for, for the bottom line to our franchisees. Innovation extraordinaire. You're listening to Franchise Today, now in its ninth season of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, along with my co-host, Paul Segreto, and we're talking today with Solomon Michon, CEO and founder of OXO Care Cleaners. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. You can learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry 
along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also sponsored by FRM Solutions. FRM offers best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track access and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give Stan Friedman and his FRM team a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year, at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions, on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Solomon, we've learned a good bit about your commitment to green. We've learned a lot about your commitment to innovation. When I met you out at the Franchise Times conference earlier this spring, um, you were just introducing a new and exciting level of opportunity for multi-unit focused franchisees. Tell us a little bit about your plans for growth and development and how the franchise model is evolving over time. Well, we've like we started uh, the, the we, we started the the company um with a with our own with a plant that I did uh, a pilot plant to, to see if all my uh crazy ideas were not that crazy and it proved out that they weren't and that they were very good. <laughs> we start <laughs> we started franchising in 2001 uh uh we we started bu- building uh, our own uh, plants small plants and uh, fortunately we weren't able to even finish building them when somebody was already wanting to buy one. And that's that's how our growth started in South Florida. A uh, the 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 uh, it, it it developed into where most of the franchisees with time uh, had uh, a, a capacity to do something else. So we, we came up with the concept of the of the of the drop store, which which actually what it is is a very small location where we put in the 24-hour door with the conveyor and maybe a tailor at most. And uh, it's just like opening up another another sales point for the, for a plant. So what we did uh, was do that, and most of our franchisees have become multi-units. So we said, well, if if if, if, if it evolved into this because they see that with with what one one plant they can produce and they can have a another open up another market a little bit farther away. Uh, we we saw that that was that was a, an advantage. So we we decided let's go into let's let's now we're ready to to go into the multi-unit. So we've been visiting the multi-unit shows and seeing how to get uh, a multi-unit franchisees, uh, which is something where 
people that have other businesses, especially in the service businesses, uh, let's say they have uh, restaurants in an area, and they've already had enough. They already have enough uh, restaurants or or hotels or any service type business, and that they can add to their company another service because uh, the administration part, let's say, can can handle the administration, and then they can open plants. We have now certain French, certain multi-unit franchisees that. I've opened a, 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 a bit bigger plant than what we normally did, where they can feed five drop stores. So what they're doing is opening five drop stores uh, within, uh, let's say, two years after they open the 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 main plant. And it, actually, it's a it's a very very profitable situation profitable situation for them. So that's why we got into the multi-unit. And out of this, something also developed, which was, and it's we've done it twice already, is where certain uh, old-time plants, we did it with one, has converted into an OXO. That one was a bit more difficult because we, we need to have a, an OXO nearby because we need to keep feeding there so they don't lose their customer base. But we really need to gut that plant completely and just re- make a brand new plant. But there's a lot of old dry cleaners. Of course, they have to be within our demographics so that it's so that it's feasible. But there's there's a, a lot of old dry cleaners that either the landlords are making them change to green, so they have to change their equipment. Their their conveyors are old. Their equipment is old, so they they, they are looking into converting. But the other thing that's also happened to us is that there's a lot of independent drop stores uh, who work off these old-time plants with perchloroethylene or whatever, and they're looking to sell green. And we're already we've already converted one store like that, and we're working with other people to convert their old dry cleaners. And what what all they need to do is have an OXO plant nearby that'll do the work for them. At a at a percentage of the of the sales price, and so it it, it helps the the bottom line of the of the plant and the and the converted drop store has a good price and has enough to make money himself. So it's it's a win win for the conversion and for the existing plant. So that's that's our, 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 what we're working on right now for our growth. It sounds like you have um, a lot of exciting things. Before I uh, go on to my next question, uh, I was going back to listening to you um, as the the, the clothes uh, come off the, um, the the conveyor and they're packaged together, uh, all within plastic, and then of course um, ready for the customer to pick up. Uh, is there or um, is there plan to be? a way of notifying the customer at that particular point that their clothes are ready? Oh, absolutely. Uh, by the way, when you mentioned yeah. plastic, we use we use biodegradable plastic. <laughs> That's important ah, to, great. to mention. Great. Yeah, we, we, well, I'll tell you, there's been plenty of times where I've been sitting here saying, you know, they said my clothes will be ready after 5 o'clock. I wonder if they're ready now. And then there's been times I've gone to the cleaners and they're ready now at, at 1 o'clock and said, God, how many times would I wish – uh, I got to notice that they were ready. So uh, I imagine that was the case. I appreciate the uh, answer. So certainly 
you know, from a consumer standpoint, there's a lot of convenience um, yes. in there. From your perspective, well, you know, let me let me ask. Let, 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 excuse me. Let, let me answer your question because right yes, we we do have we do have uh, today we have an app, the OXO app, which actually <laughs> does send you a message when your clothes are ready. Uh, it sends you a message uh, telling you they're ready to pick up, inclusively uh, uh, if if you're driving and you don't have the time to even get out of your car because of anything. The app you can tell the app. I'm arriving in such time, and we'll have somebody come out and, and hand you your clothes at your car. So, yeah, we do so have that. Certainly, even from yeah, certainly even from a franchise standpoint, I mean, uh, the, the technology is tremendous. I want to back up a second into the consumer proposition. Uh, how are you letting? How does the brand let consumers know about not only the technology but the green aspect? And everything else about OXO, I mean, there's only a certain amount of space that we're able to get in front of the consumers from a marketing message. How do you do that? Because I imagine that's got to be a great selling point to uh, people looking at the franchise as well. Yes. Well, uh, first, word of mouth has been one of our best, one of our best uh, uh, salespersons. <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, when we first got started, TV. Uh, once once we had enough stores in in South Florida, uh, we did TV, and that worked well. Seven years ago, we did TV again, and I can say we did not work. It did not work at all. I think TV uh, is maybe not uh, something for us. Right now, what we're working on very, very diligently is with uh, social media. Social mm-hmm. media is very important. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We we send out uh, we send out as many uh, feeds anywhere that we can. Uh, talking to people uh, like your show, which is very important, uh, and I appre- really appreciated you giving me this opportunity. This helps a lot. Uh, we we do mailings. Uh, a lot of people work with mailing uh, promotions. But like I say, uh, the biggest the biggest thing uh, now is is uh, social media. Social media works wonders. So I want to uh, I want to start diving into a little bit about the actual model of the franchise and. Before I do that, though, I've got to comment on what I just heard and how it made me feel with reference to your app and your level of communication with your customers at the consumer level. You know, not that long ago, Delta Airlines, where I spent a fair amount of my time, introduced the opportunity to know as a, as a flyer when your bag was loaded onto the plane and when your bag was offloaded and the anxiety that comes with hoping that your bag is there when you get to baggage claim, all right. gone. <laughs> it's all gone. It's completely relieved. This I understand that, yep. <laughs> your bag has been loaded on. Your bag has been loaded off. Your bag and you are in the same city. In fact, you're at the same airport. And I feel like the, the level of relief that you provide for someone who on two, two different ways I think of this, you know, the hours of closing at 6 or 7 o'clock, 
Um, I can't tell you how many times my dry cleaner on a weekend closes an hour only, and I just don't remember that. And I went to pick up clothes that I needed to pack and take on a trip, and I'm late, and it's too mm-hmm. late. So you relieve that with your ATM door. And then, of course, just you know, being able to have the relief of knowing um, that your clothes are ready and that the dry cleaner notified you with a text message or something through the app is just like beautiful. I can't. I would pay for that, whatever the price is within reason, just for that and that alone. So, Absolutely. with innovations, with innovations like these, and the fact that, you know, I mentioned earlier, this is a nine billion dollar industry. The revenues generated collectively in dry cleaning, thirty six thousand plus dry clean stores of one sort or another around America, um, you know, it's a, it's a fractured market. Not that many organized brands. There are a few, but with a niche like these that you've covered already in the space of our time talking, tell us a little bit about who it is you're trying to attract. Who is the ideal candidate for this business? What experience do they need to bring with them? And what is it that you can teach them to do if they have those pre-qualifications? Look, first, we don't want, we, we'd rather not have a person that comes from the dry cleaning industry unless it's a conversion <laughs> because we have to re, re-teach them everything they do because with the perchloroethylene, it's a completely different way of doing things. With the presses, it's a completely different way of doing things. Uh, but what we look for is people that are service-oriented. Like I mentioned at the very beginning, is we, we our philosophy is caring. We care, and we, it's got to be somebody that has to care for the customers, which is very important. Has to care for the environment. Has to care for the 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 workers that work with him. So that that caring part is very important. And and, and believe me that when you talk to people, you you can see if it's if it's authentic or not. Sometimes, and I've had people that come for the interview, uh, and just by by feeling them out with question, with just just generally talking, it, it, yeah, everybody's into the business for the money. I agree, and and fortunately with Oxo, they're gonna make money. But if they if they have that caring philosophy, they're gonna make more money, and they're gonna do a lot better. And that's why we're we're all the time uh, looking for these innovations. We're looking for ways. To make the customer feel that uh, that we're not just uh, a, a, a factory that does things, we're a service. We are a service, although it's a small industry, but it's a service industry. And so that's the, the, the pers- that's what we really look into with the people that 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 uh, that uh, get involved with us. At the beginning, when we first got started, we didn't uh, really go for that as that as, as as it was was that important but uh some of those franchisees have left the system and we've put other into the same stores that these people were and we saw the stores really change uh, their numbers and change the way people saw us so actually yes that's ba- ba- look uh, and anybody can 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 work if they if they want to work but if they care they're going to do a lot better and I, and I think I'm stealing a lot from Sir Richard Branson with his virgin uh, way of doing things, uh, which is caring, uh, I think. And that's why he's been so successful. And, and I think that I, I hope one day I'll be as successful as he is, but I I'm, I'm, can't complain. I can't complain. 
and my franchisees can't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine, I imagine so. That's uh, uh, quite a lofty uh, goal to be uh, like Sir Richard uh, Brunson, but certainly from um, looking not at not a bad role career, model, Paul. Yeah, not a bad role model at all. No. <laughs> um, yeah, not a bad model at all. But you know, uh, it's interesting because uh, that that you mention him because. As we know, he's been a very big disruptor in in every industry uh, that he's gone to, and certainly uh, you've disrupted this industry, uh, I would say, tremendously. Um, I've obviously used you know dry cleaners for years and years, and, and now I'm on Facebook looking for my closest one to where I am uh, in the woodlands. Um, are, excuse me, really uh, are, you, are, you, are you are you in Houston or or, or in uh, Atlanta? I'm I'm in Houston. Stan is in Atlanta, oh, but I'm man. I'm north of Houston. Uh, but I found oh. one in Houston, so uh, certainly I I will uh, I will give it a try. But you know, it's interesting with so many thousands and thousands of dry cleaners that are out there. Uh, I imagine you know the landlords that are out there. Uh, have to love your concept. I mean, uh, I cut my teeth, you know, early on in franchising in the automotive aftermarket. And I remember back in the day when an automotive building, and you know, a repair shop became available, um, let's say at noon. It was usually signed, sealed, and delivered either as a purchase or a lease by the end of the day. They were so hard to find. Now, landlords don't even want to rent to uh, automotive uh, brands because of, uh, of EPA problems and cleanup in the whole nine yards. And I imagine uh, a lot of the landlords probably felt the same way or feel the same way uh, about, you know, dry cleaners. So uh, I imagine over time that's going to continue to change the industry. And it seems like you've uh, disrupted it enough that your brand is uh, um, in, in the driver's seat, so to speak. Absolutely. Over over. Uh, ten years ago, or maybe a little bit more, there was an article written in uh, in uh, Shopping Center Today, which is the magazine that caters to international shopping center conference. It's where all the shopping center people meet. And once once that 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 article came out, we were getting calls from all the landlords. All the landlords wanted to convert every store into into what we do. Actually, we have stores uh, where we have apartments above us. We don't need to have any. We don't have any noise. We don't have that boiler, so we don't need to have any exhausts. Uh, we don't have any contaminating uh, smells. Uh, our stores are like uh, boutique air conditioned. So we are, yeah. Actually, uh, landlords. As a matter of fact, in Florida. We are the only uh, public supermarket allows only OXOs to be, not even uh, other green oh, wow. people, but only OXOs because, again, we don't have the all the the, the sweatshop and the, the the contaminating chemicals and everything that comes with the old traditional dry cleaners. We have some copycats, uh, some that have copied us, but they they haven't copied everything that we do, especially the hand ironing, especially the the independent equipment, and I and like, and I'm happy to say that imitation is the highest form of flatter. <laughs> mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, from a franchise standpoint, uh, what is the investment level for one location? Let's say. 
approximately between 400 and for, for a, a, a regular plant, not the large ones, not the small ones, but for sure. a regular plant, we're talking about maybe 450 to 500,000, depending on the TI money that you get from the, from the landlord. Right. That, that includes equipment, include, include, it includes starting up your store. Absolutely. And for our listeners that don't understand uh, TI, that's tenant improvement uh, right. allowance. Uh, we can't we, we can't take for granted that everybody knows every acronym yeah. out there. Right. Right. Well, Solomon, we are quick, fast, running out of time, and we don't want to uh, we don't want to find ourselves up against the clock before we give you the opportunity to tell our audience how they can get in touch with you, any places or shows that you may be attending in the near future or expos where they can come see and learn more or um, how they can get on the web and find you online and anywhere else that uh, information about you exists so that they can deepen the conversations beyond this hour together. Yes, we have, uh, of course, OXXOUSA.com is our consumer uh, franchise page and OXOCareCleanersFranchise.com dot com is a franchise that one's right now being rebuilt so it'll, but it'll be on the air maybe in in a week or two uh, our phone number is eight six six go to oxo g o oxo o x x o and uh we have uh stores in Florida we have stores in Texas that they can see we have stores in New Jersey that they can see. So depending on the area, the, and and uh, basically if a franchisee, a person is interested in uh, in opening a store, and and they do make the trip out to Florida, if they do buy the store, we will pay for their trip. So we're 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 welcoming people uh, again. If there's anybody that wants to convert a store. That is also up for grabs, and we can talk about that as well. And normally, to convert to open a drop store, an independent drop store, is approximately one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty, depending again on the tenant improvement dollars. Uh, if somebody has a a conversion, it should be where we have a plant that can do the work for them. We will not allow a, it done uh, other than at an OXO because our quality. And our environmental uh, non-toxic uh, guarantee has to be on every garment that comes out with the OXO bag. Well, Solomon, Excellent. this has been a great hour. This has been a great hour. I don't, I don't think anything could get uh, an hour can go by any quicker than this when you've got somebody with passion and experience and innovation, and all of those are definitely part of what I've learned over the last hour. Paul, any last thoughts? No, I just want to share with our audience. Um, it's an interesting interview that, that Solomon did. Uh, again, I said on um, Idea Mensch, and it's at Idea Mensch. That's m e n s c h dot com slash Solomon hyphen Mishan. Uh, really, some good responses there regarding uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, more than franchising, and I think a lot of our listeners that are interested in entrepreneurship would get a lot out of that article. It's very few that I recommend, but that was a uh, a tremendous and an insightful um, article, and I'd love to have a, a further conversation 
uh, about that, Solomon. I was really um, uh, intrigued, uh, tremendous, and thank you for sharing. I can tell by that you, you share from the heart, you share from the passion, and you share for the care. Uh, and I appreciate that and appreciate you being our guest today. Thank you very much, Stan Paul. Thank you for having me. I really had a good time talking to you guys. I hope that people understood the message of caring. Even if they don't go into an OXO, you got to care because that's what life is about. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very Thanks, much. Solomon. Okay. Take care. So, Stan, uh, another one uh, in the books full of uh, X's and O's for sure. Very intriguing. I love the uh, the technology yeah. aspect of that. Wow. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the map, wondering how he's not in Atlanta yet. But uh, I I expect yeah. that he'll be here soon. But you know the one thing I about him is so. the one thing I take out of this call with him in this interview is is something that's always evident in su- successful franchising. That's people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And this guy is clearly all about yeah. that. It's just interesting, you know, it's true entrepreneurial spirit. You know how much I'm I'm intrigued by that. You know, comes in from another country, obviously has a level of success behind him, and he's got experience behind him, probably a, a world of wisdom uh, as he comes in. And he goes into an industry segment that is new to him, that is completely saturated, and decides, I can do it better. Just fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, you know, I, I pulled out that uh, idea mentioned as a resource tool as well and saw that his favorite read was Atlas Shrugged because it promotes independence, self-sufficiency, and most of all, ethics, which are so often lacking in business. Um, I would gr- agree with you that everyone who's listened to this interview ought to go pull up that idea mentioned and, um, and get a little greater view and depth of what this guy's got behind him because really – the basic tenets of sustainable growth and sensible franchising are what you're going to find in everything he answers here. Yep. And if anybody would like to know, just type in uh, Solomon's name in a Google search and it's actually the first uh, search result. So uh, until next week, uh, my name is Paul Segreta wishing you the best, the very best in this great, great thing called franchising. The franchise today is out. Stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever the passion lights that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear It's streaming in HD, so fine-tuned both of your ears And Stan and Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today.
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.